Hola, hola, y bienvenidos a la Gringa Bilingua podcast. And if you didn't understand any of that, don't worry, you'll get there. So to wrap up this season, I wanted to sort of talk one more time about my trip to Mexico City that I got to take this past June of 2022. So we've talked about the food, we've talked about the people, we've talked about the sights of this beautiful city of Mexico City. And I wanted to wrap up by talking about something relevant, something interesting, now that the World Cup is starting in officially two days. So I wanted to talk about an amazing tour that we got to do in Mexico City, which was a tour of the Estadio Azteca. Mexico City is famous for the Estadio Azteca. It's uh, one of the highest elevations above sea level of all stadiums that had a World Cup hosted at it. And some of the uh, best moments in one of the greatest World Cups, 1986. I have to say I was a kid in a candy store. I felt like I was 15 all over again. I'm fascinated with soccer stadiums. The Estadio Azteca was constructed in 1966 and cost 13.5 million U.S. dollars to construct. It is the only stadium in the world to have hosted two, not one, but two FIFA World Cup finals in 1970 and 1986. And this stadium was also home to not only the goal of the century, but also the game of the century. I was 15 at the time. I was glued to the TV about this guy named Diego Maradona. And I remember watching various games and uh, two things stand out. And they both happened at the Estadio Azteca. My dad, Mike, has been a soccer fan for basically his entire life, stemming from his parents who kind of raised him loving Italian soccer. I am a self-professed soccer junkie, uh, I have to confess. You know, I was introduced to the great world's game of soccer when I was a little kid. You know, soccer was not the sport of the United States when I was a kid in the 1970s. I was probably about five years old when my father, who came from Europe, who came from Italy, who was, that was the only sport he followed, really, introduced me to the sport. And I started playing as a kid and I fell in love with it. I had a, uh, a playing career throughout the 70s, 80s and 90s. I even had a, a stint on a college team. Uh, never was a pro player, but I played as an adult. I then coached youth teams and and but I'm I'm a, just a, a big fan. He has played, coached and watched soccer for almost his whole life. So I wanted to get his opinion as a fan being able to stand on this historic turf at the Estadio Azteca. We got to stand in the locker room. We got to stand in the seats. We got to stand on the field. So I wanted to get his opinion as a fan and as a soccer expert. Well, you know, the old saying, when in Rome, right? But this time it was when in Mexico. You know, I, I, I have this goal in life to visit as many uh, iconic soccer venues as I can if I'm in that sort of, if I'm in a town or city that has something like that. It's very rare that you get a chance to go into the where the players go and the VIPs go and actually walk into the locker room and envision what goes on pregame. Just the little subtleties of being able to be in the locker room and have the tour guide tell you that you see that this home 
field advantage for Club America, who actually pays their full time. They they actually are their locker room is right under the supporters stand where all the supporters are. And if you understand soccer, it's nothing like American sports, popular sports. The supporters group is everything. And they are you know basically banging on the floor and drumming and everything while the team is still getting ready to come out and i thought that was fascinating one of the most memorable events to occur at the estadio azteca took place in the 1986 world cup where diego maradona argentine soccer legend who passed away a few years ago unfortunately scored two legendary goals one was the goal of the century they call it it was the quarterfinal versus England. I, I could not believe what I was watching. I mean, this guy single-handedly took the ball from about, not even midfield, single-handedly took on most of the England team and ended up scoring a phenomenal goal. It was like, I, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was just speechless. And that's something that's been replayed on and on and probably will always be. And then, of course, the, they made it into the uh, semifinal. <laughs> that was the famous, it's kind of infamous, I'll tell you, Mano de Dios, <laughs> which translates obviously into uh, the hand of God. Look, now we have video assisted referee where they could do a replay for good or bad. Some people don't like it because they stopped the game too much. But back then you couldn't tell. And I couldn't tell until they, they, they did the replay later on, but that you, you can't change the, the, the call, but he used actually used his hand to score a goal. And, you know, it, it just, it just goes to show that, you know, sometimes you're so passionate about the game that you'll do anything to help your country win. <laughs> In modern times, the Estadio Azteca seats almost 100,000 people. I will tell you guys, it is huge, has relations with the NFL where they have played a few games in the stadium, and has recently added a 30 million euro hanging track camera that is able to cover every single area of the field almost immediately. And of course, that'll help eliminate incidents like the mano de Dios or the hand of God where, you know, things are a little fishy as to if someone used their hand or not. The stadium is home to El Tri, which is the Mexican national team and also the local Mexico City team, Club America. We went out there and, you know, we didn't get to walk on the actual field, but we got to sit in this on the bench seats and take some photos there and learned about the history. One of the things about that stadium and a lot of soccer stadiums, which fascinates me, is they actually make it so that it's acoustically, it, the acoustics of it allows for better uh, player and fan experience. We were asked to, uh, to yell, go, <laughs> while it was silent. And you could hear the echo go on for what seemed like a minute. <laughs> after yelling that. And that was fascinating because you take that and it was what, like maybe 20 people there with us. I don't know how many there were. Multiply that by like, I think it holds like 100,000 people. So, you know, it, it's absolutely amazing. And uh, we also saw this neat little statue of uh, one of their best fans. And it was really, really, really cool. Of course, soccer is an extremely important part of Mexican culture, and we definitely felt that being in this stadium. But of course, with the World Cup coming up, there's lots of competition, and my dad says that this cup could go either way for Mexico. Well, you know, Mexico has a long history of being qualifying for the World Cup finals, and you know what? They're one of those underestimated teams, uh, but they come from a region called CONCACAF that's, uh, you know, 
really not one of the favorite group, you know, regions to ever win a World Cup in the near future. But I hope that CONCACAF can win a World Cup. And of course, the United States, it's tough to, for me to talk about Mexico because they're rivals with the United States. And in fact, that was one of the lures that made me go to Azteca. You know, I think they got a decent team. I call them a dark horse at this point. You never know if they'll make it into us even as far as a semifinal, but a semifinal would be like a, a complete victory to them. I also wanted to get some of his other World Cup predictions just on tape, just to see if they come true. If you guys want to send me your predictions for the World Cup to see how they compare, feel free to message me on Instagram at the Emily Esperanza. I, from an Italian family, right? So my heart is broken. The Azzurri didn't make it into the World Cup finals, which is a shock to the world. So when I cannot, and you know what? I'm a, I'm a U.S. fan. I, I support the United States, but I'm not too thrilled about where we are right now. So this is really one of those World Cups that I think I'm going to enjoy because I don't really have any skin in the game, so to speak. And I think that I really want to see Leo Messi win a World Cup because this will likely be his last ever World Cup. And, uh, you know, so I, I, I'm going to be rooting for Argentina. I think the favorites are Argentina, Brazil, France, Belgium, England, Germany. Any one of those combination of those six will probably be in the final, in my, in my opinion. But there are some good dark horse, horses, and particularly I'd like to see Africa one of the African nations get into the final of the World Cup. I think Senegal is a really good team to look out for. They have Sadio Mane and they have a golden generation of players. But I think that there's no clear winner here. Everybody says Brazil is probably going to win, but they're always in the picture. I just can't wait to be watching these games. Thank you so much to my dad, Mike, for coming on here and giving his expertise about the world of soccer, how it impacts the Mexican culture, and about this amazing, beautiful stadium, the Estadio Azteca. This was truly one of the highlights for both of us of being in Mexico City. So I wanted to cover that. And yeah, this has wrapped up season three of the Gringa Bilingua podcast. I hope you all have enjoyed. Stay tuned in a few weeks for season four, which will be even more exciting. I have lots of things coming for you guys. So thank you so much and hope you enjoyed. Gracias por escuchar la Gringa Bilingua podcast. Check back every other week for new episodes and follow me on Instagram at the Emily Esperanza.